0: to Inspire WV, a podcast all about inspiration through words and actions. I am Eric Nutter and I am uh, not joined by Tim Bradley today, but what we are doing is we're taking a bit of a summer break. And so what you're about to hear is a past episode and we're going to play these for the next few weeks while we get uh, kind of recharged and and get some things out of the way. We've got a bunch of stuff going on uh, this summer. And so we thought we would bring you Past episodes with great guests that we had. Uh, Some people you might know, some people you might be aware of. Uh, We've talked to a lot of really cool folks. And so this is one of those. And we're doing them in no particular order, but uh, basically, whatever I end up picking on this list, and uh, you'll hear them next. So thank you for uh, tuning in and listening. And we'll join you again with new and live episodes uh, coming up here just in a few weeks. So thank you for your time and uh, enjoy this episode. Welcome to Inspire WV, a podcast all about inspiration through words and actions. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and I'm joined as always by my co-host and friend, the man who can't say no and is always on the go. In fact, just walked in the door. This is true. Tim Bradley. Hey, How's Eric, it? how are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. Uh, so Tim, we've got ourselves a good guest here today. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. We've got the pastor at Little Sandy Church of the Nazarene, Luke McLean. How's it going, Luke?
1: Oh, it's going well. It's going well.
0: I appreciate you joining us today. I think uh, we're we're always excited to have guests like yourself on to uh, Talk to us a little bit about you know the inspiration in your world and and in your role, you're witness to a lot of those kind of uh, inspirational people and activities and uh, and you're one of them as well. So I wanted to start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and and your background because you're relatively new to the area, right?
1: Yeah, and just well, thanks, Eric, and thanks, Tim. I appreciate you guys and what you're doing and even having me on. But yeah, I've, well, it's, it's April. So we just moved to West Virginia um, officially January, beginning of January of last year, 2020. So just over a year. We've been in West Virginia, and um, we've been living in Ashland, Kentucky, and we're there for six years. And I was pastoring a church there. And so we've been we've been up here. It's been... A weird year not typical as far as like <laughs> in the church but you know on the other hand it's given us opportunity we've spent a lot of time outside and we've almost been to every corner of Preston County and we've we've hit up so many different trails and so are <laughs> you're, you' a, a big hiker seen a lot yeah I love to hike we love I have four kids and um, we love to get outside and and just do things outside so That's what we did a lot of, um, last year and just, man, it's beautiful. Just unbelievable. Like some of the places we've been to and seen and we, we just love it.
2: So Luke, you said you moved here in January of last year. Where, where did you grow up and where were you at before that move and in Kentucky?
1: Well, a long time ago, I grew up in Indiana and I'm from Indianapolis. Grew up there. Um, so I'm, yeah i'm a hoosier and it's that gets to be a little frustrating at times (laughs) but i don't know um so that yeah it was really hard being a hoosier and then ended up living in kentucky that was i don't know that was real tough but uh but we liked it there but yeah i lived in grew up in indiana Uh, went to college for a few years in um illinois up near Chicago and ended up at Mount Vernon Nazarene University, which is in Mount Vernon, Ohio. But yeah, moved around a little bit there, kind of in and out of college for a while. I had, took the long route <laughs> to <through> college. <laughs> and multi-year had some det- plan, huh? <laughs> yeah, had some, had some detours and lived out west for a spell and came back and Anyways, I ended up graduating there in Mount Vernon from uh, with a degree in education secondary education and um, that was the whole plan
0: so the plan planned, was to be a teacher
1: that's and I was and and that was the plan and I moved back to Indianapolis and I was in the public schools there hmm. and that was the plan to be a teacher and teach social studies and um, and economics and And to help coach cross country and track. And that's what I did growing up. I ran cross country and track in college. And yeah, I mean, that was my plan. That's what I was going to do. And I loved teaching and um, was looking forward to it. Uh, But uh, there were were other other plans. plans (laughs) (laughs) And that's weird because I thought like that was I felt led to teaching I yeah. really did. And I felt well,
0: like you still are just a different kind of teaching, yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. You had the right different. message, the wrong a bigger class. Too. <laughs> yeah, than, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, so along the way through, throughout your path to kind of get to that, uh, point in your life, um, was there anyone or, or anything that really impacted you in an in- inspiring way throughout that time?
1: Yeah, I had some, um, I, I really struggled for a long time when I was younger and uh, really struggled uh, with addictions and drugs and alcohol. And, you know, in some of my lowest moments, there was a pastor, a friend of my dad's um, in Indianapolis. And, you know, even I had dropped out of college and come back home. And, oh, yeah, I don't want to get in all the stories. It was not good. <laughs> and um, living in a pretty dangerous, bad situation, and uh, doing things that were just not good at all. And I was really low, really low point in my life, no direction. And there was a guy, uh, his name is Jeff. He was a friend of my father's, and he just never lost contact with me. You know, he'd call me and say, hey, you want to go meet for breakfast? And he wasn't saying, hey, you need to get your act together. And, you know, he just, we would meet. And we'd just talk, and he'd ask me just how I was doing, and just all he did was show that he cared about me. And I'll tell you, it just it made a big, big impact on me um, and other people in the church that they didn't look at me and say, well, this guy's a mess. I mean, just to heck with him, you know. I mean, they really, and there were some others that all along the way, I mean, I knew that people in the church and Uh, those people, they hadn't rejected me. Um, and they communicated that to me and I knew, and they were there for me. I just was, you know, I was making really poor decisions. Um, but you know, some of those people stand out, but when I, um, I, well, the Lord really did amazing thing in my life. But when I ended up at Mount Vernon, I was totally different person by that point. Um, and I met a guy the first week there. He was a transfer student just like me. Um, his name was Tony. And I don't know, like, Tim doesn't know this, but Eric knows, like, I'm not a very big guy, okay? I'm <laughs> only about five seven. <laughs> well, this guy, he he was going about six six, three hundred some pounds. He played offensive line, was all state lineman in Ohio. And um and we became fast friends. And he became my best friend and was the best man at my wedding and still is one of my best friends today. And I guess inspiring. I mean, he just, he was there for me. And I I think sometimes as guys, I don't know, maybe we don't admit that we need anyone else or, you know, we want to kind of present that we're strong and we're capable and I can do it but you know i'm not afraid to admit like i need my friends i mean i i needed him you know and i i need my friends in my life and i i need other men in my life who care and who care enough to like our relationship me and tony is you know we hold each other accountable and we're not afraid to ask each other tough questions when we need it and that's just that's been a big deal and big help in my life
0: that's awesome. Yeah, we, Tim and I talk mm-hmm. about that a lot through all of the episodes of of this podcast, in particular, where we talk about how um, you know when when people are down on their luck and having a tough time, uh, and they're going through the thick of it. You know, having somebody to talk to, somebody to lean on, and being willing to, to talk to them to talk to them that's a, that's that's imperative for you to be able to get through those kind of moments. And and you had somebody like that, or multiple people like mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah, and they, they were, the, I don't want to take it off the rails here, but I was just thinking <laughs> recently, you said that we could do tangents. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tangents.
2: All the time. That's what we do.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I was just thinking recently about the movie Shawshank Redemption oh, and, yeah. um, and obviously it's a great movie. Okay. But, you know, when you think about that movie, the story is really about the friendship mm-hmm. that develops between Andy and Red. Right. And how Andy kind of helps red not settle you know and into and, and to to seek hope to seek more out of life, really, and you know, I think we all need to be friends like that to help pull our friends along, and i you know i want I want to be a friend like that too um and so i that's just something I was thinking about recently um about that movie.
0: Yeah, I think I, that's a really good point, and I, I think that there's also um, it's kind of like a lot of people are roller coaster, mm-hmm. right? Like there are moments where I'm I'm doing okay, and maybe Tim needs some help, and we I pull him along, and then right. the then the inverse happens the next week, you know. So yeah. we help each other, and that's that's the the benefit of having a community around you and a group of of friends and strong relationships that you can rely on.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and even so much. You know, in the last year, um, one thing that's been made me really sad um, as a pastor, and we've tried to do a good job here of keeping track and keeping contact with people in our congregation. But I know there's just a lot of people out there that because of the, you know, being at home and, and some not working and just being cooped up in our houses for long periods of time, um, we know that our culture already was struggling with being disconnected and loneliness, right and to think I mean it just breaks my heart that there's just a lot of people, even more so in the past year, that have been so disconnected and probably feel very, very lonely and may not have those connections and relationships that some of us have that man, i mean there' that's what really gets you by at times,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the, it's a tough time when, Mm -hmm. when you rely on people and you can't go see those people. Right. I'm, I'm a very social person. So, you know, that
2: was uh, the hardest part of this last year of not being able to, uh, my schedule is always full. So having those, those times where I, I I was sitting around, not having things to do, not having people to talk to were were difficult. And and that's where Eric and I really came together uh, with Mm -hmm. this idea of moving forward with the podcast. And, And to hear a story like that, you know, you have a group of people that how how can you reach those people? Um, you know, there there's people out there on loan. So, you know, Eric and I've talked about it a lot. Of you know, we we put ourselves out there to be people. Hey, if there's a concern, if if there's something you need to talk to, we'll be that we'll be that person for you. And it sounds like you got that same mindset. So that's uh, something well, as a community we need.
0: Yeah, well, and I think that that Luke in your role, I mean, the church is a place to reach out to. Mm-hmm. And you, when you're at mm-hmm. your, at your lowest, you may, you may not think that people may not naturally right. think that, but that's a, that's a place to go where you can find, um, that, that support system that you, you might need. But, um, I'm curious. So was, was your family, uh, in the leadership in the church, uh, as you were growing up or, or were you, were you a pastor's kid or were you, uh, did you kind of find your way into it that way?
1: <laughs> well, close. I mean, my <laughs> the church I grew up in, um, my grandfather was the pastor. Oh, okay. And my parents very strong Christians and just a great, I mean, they were great parents. And I have three younger sisters. And they just, I mean, they did an excellent job. Um, you know, me and... <laughs> well, all of us, but me and my oldest sister, I mean, we had our, our share of struggles, but I, I think in the end, you know, what counts is what happens in the end, and all four of us are, um, I, I mean, we're all in the church, we're all serving the Lord and just and love God, and um, the Lord's done just some amazing things in our lives, and I think uh, I think a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it's due to just that foundation that we have, that even though we personally made some bad choices that wouldn't reflect that, um, and that's why a lot of mercy and grace for parents, I mean, it's hard, and you know, your kids do stupid stuff. Um, they just sometimes do that. It's It's not, a lot of parents will blame themselves. And just, you know, they've a lot of guilt. And, well, if I would have just done this and that, it's like, you know, you you can't live like that. You know, I mean, people make their own decisions. You can do the best that you can. um, And, you know, your child could still uh, make bad decisions. And it's just you just love them. And that's what I know that me and my sisters all through. We knew that we were loved. And eventually, uh, that love won. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it it really won out over time. And we all, yeah. I mean, I one thing that I I don't like. Um, I love being a pastor and being in ministry, but being away from my family, my sisters and brothers in law, and parents. That's the one. That's probably the toughest.
2: Where Where do they me. all live at?
1: Well, they're all – I have two sisters, and, and then my parents all live in the south side of Indianapolis, and um, they all live within, I don't know, just a few miles of each other and some nieces and nephews there. And then um, my others – I have a sister in Florida, and her husband, he was in um, the Army. He's a EOD tech, and which he – Teaches them how to build bombs. <laughs> That's wow. kind of what he does. And wow. my sister was in the Air Force, and they met at um, Eglin Air Force Base, which is near Destin, Florida. Okay. And so they lived there. But he's um, he's going to retire because I think it's been they both enlisted after nine eleven. So what is that? It's been about yeah, I think it's twenty years. Yeah. And so he's actually going to retire next year. And of course they say they're moving right back up to Indiana. So <laughs> um, I'm like yeah, oh, who's we, your I mean I don't I don't get that, but okay.
2: <laughs> so Luke, you, you find yourself now the pastor at Little Sandy Church of the Nazarene in, in Brewston. What led you to to that path?
1: Um oh man. I think it's crazy that I'm in West Virginia. I mean that's <laughs> I thought it was crazy when we ended up in Kentucky, but <laughs> Um. yeah, the it's amazing. I One thing that's cool about following the Lord is, you know, you get down the road a little bit, and now you can, you know, I can look back now. I'm not old, but I mean, I can see, you know, part of the way I thought, why in the world are we doing this? Why are we here? Why is this going on? But, you know, you trust God, and, and you see where He leads you, and I'm just, we just so feel so blessed to be here um, at Little Sandy. And I had been a senior pastor of a church in Ashland, Kentucky, for six years. And before that, I was a youth pastor in Ohio and then before that in Kansas City. And I grew up in Indianapolis, and I hadn't really lived in a small town Um you know, when we moved to Ashland, that was kind of the, one of the smallest towns I'd ever been in, lived in. Now we've gone to even smaller towns. <laughs> then you
0: found <laughs> Brewston. Yeah. Brewston,
1: um, which is, <laughs> but I, I'm i just thankful. I mean, I, I really like it, but I never intended to go into the ministry. I mean, that wasn't my plan, but um, in 2005, I was at our denomination. Church in Nazarene every four years has a big thing. It was canceled um, this past year because of COVID, but uh, it's a big conference called General Assembly, and it was in Indianapolis, actually, in 2005, and there was a, a guy preaching, and um, he was just preaching about God's love and about holiness, and I was sitting there. This was in the Hoosier Dome, which is the old, where the Colts used to play Mm -hmm. before they destroyed it. But um, this, yeah, in the Hoosier Dome, and I was sitting between my two grandmothers and I'm hearing him preach and I'm just sitting there listening. And I hear someone say, that's what I want you to do. And I looked at my (laughs) my grandma (laughs) on my right. (laughs) Yeah. And I looked on my left and they're just watching. I'm like, Someone said something and I thought and then I couldn't get it out of my mind. And that night, Sarah, who's my wife, we were we were engaged at the time. And I said, Ah, you're gonna think this is the weirdest <laughs> thing. But th- I think that God was speaking to me and is calling me into the ministry. And she said something like I that's exactly what I've been feeling. She hadn't said this to me. Okay. I guess she's just keeping things like she always does. (laughs) No, no, she, but she confirmed it that night. And you know, when I said yes. And a month later I was in my car with all, everything I had just in my little Buick and driving out to Kansas city to go to seminary. But, um, Every step along the way, God's brought people into my life and situations that have continued to affirm that call and and affirm what he called me to, you know, almost sixteen years ago. And so and then I end up here, man, and little it's and I just I don't know. We feel very, very blessed to be here. It's great. It's a great place, great church, and I'm just
0: excited for
1: you know, the future when we're not, um, you know, going through all the (laughs) stuff we are now. Yeah.
0: You kind of came at just the right time to uh, go on lockdown. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, but, so this, this may impact the answer to your next question. So you may have to call back to times, uh, in, in Kentucky even, but in your, (laughs) in your role, um, you get to see a lot of folks who, uh, have that same kind of, um, uh, voice speaking to them or something that, uh, inspires them the, you know, whether it's, it's, uh, something that they're doing to help the community or, um, whether it's, it's just a, a, a voice that speaks to them and, and calls them to do something, um, in the, in the community. Can, do you have any stories or any inspirational stories that you can share? Uh, that that you may have experienced either your time here or or in Kentucky?
1: Yeah, I'll share one about Kentucky first. Um, When we, in Ashland, and I I know there's an issue all through our country, but in Eastern Kentucky, the um, opioid epidemic was just devastating and still is, but we, we, you know, we were trying to do what we could to help. It wasn't, you know, when we had a like an Easter egg hunt a few years ago. You know, we had to go out through the yard there by the church and pick up, get, make sure the needles were out of the yard. Oh, my gosh, and and get stuff out of the parking lot and stuff um, where we were, and it was just a bad situation, but. Um, The weird thing, I had a a pastor friend there who is now pastoring the church that I was previously at. And he, this is crazy, he, I don't know how long it's been now, I don't know, 12 years. He, at one time, had pastored the Nazarene Church in Kingwood, (laughs) okay?
2: His name's Kevin
1: Campbell. He's an awesome guy. And, you know, he was was working the ministry there um, in Ashland and, and then became he kind of started a ministry, their street ministry, and I was able to see in some of that, some of the things we were partnering with and helping. We started celebrate recovery at our church, and I don't know if you're aware of that, <laughs> but it's um, like a, a recovery ministry. And I, I was able to see some pretty amazing things that God was doing. Um, and I, in part of my background and some of the issues I had dealt with in younger years with drugs and addiction and knowing what God can do um, and seeing that we we had some pretty amazing stories and some transformations that we saw in Ashland and just kind of confirmed to me that, man, the church, I mean, we, we've got to be on the front lines of this, you know, we, we've got to be there and help to erase the stigma, but but just to go to people and love them. And, you know, we can't, the church can't provide all the, the things that people with addiction need. Okay. And we, we admit that. Um, But we can let people know that there are people that care and that love them and that just, um, and to show the love of God to them and at least help them get on the path, um, you know, maybe steer them to where they could get to rehab or get some of the resources that they need in treatment. Um, But we saw some pretty awesome Things there now. Here, <laughs> I last year, you know, when we we shut down for a little for a time in March and April, and then we came back in late May um, for church because we have a um, we have a big building behind our church. It's a, a big gymnasium, so we had plenty of space. So we were very blessed. Now a lot of churches didn't don't have that type of space, but we had a space where we could really spread out and and have spacing and such. So we went back to church, but a lot of our, our senior adults didn't come back, right? Which obviously was totally fine. We even encouraged them to stay home. But that's tough. Um very tough on us, but you know, tough on them as well. So eventually I get. Um, when to the story, <laughs> the lady in her church says, you need to call this lady. Uh, her name's Frida. And I just found out something she's doing. And you need to call her and talk to her and ask her about this. So I called Frida. And it turned out that not long after we had, um, you know, she stopped coming. She had prayed about the situation and being at home and she just kind of felt like she wasn't being used, um, and she wanted God to use her in the lives of others. So she prayed about it, and the Lord put it on her heart to start knitting these prayer blankets.
0: That's awesome. And,
1: and she said, Yes, that she would. And so she just started. Well, she didn't have any yarn or anything, and it just so happened, someone that she knew. Had dropped by and said, "I just didn't know if you could use this yarn." <laughs> and then she had some yarn, so she got to it and started it, and just amazing about how word got around and people kept bringing her yarn. And she she says now she's got more than she knows even what to do with. But wow! But a few months ago, when I talked to her, she said she was at fifty-five. Fifty-five so
0: these, prayer blankets.
1: Of these little prayer blankets that she had knitted, and of course, while she's knitting them, it's for a specific person that's dealing with a specific issue, um, someone that needs help, someone that needs healing, someone that's just going through a difficult time. And the whole time she's knitting this, she is praying for that person, and then to deliver them and and explain to them what it is, and just to let them know that they're being prayed for and that someone cares and that was one of the most inspiring things I've heard in a long time because really during the past year, more than anything, what I think a lot of people needed was just to be reminded that they're not forgotten, right, and and that someone cares about them. And right. that's such a big deal when you're everything's kind of flipped upside down and, and it's kind of uh, chaotic, just to be reminded of that basic thing that but you're still cared for and you're not forgotten. That's a big, big deal to people.
0: Absolutely.
2: that's very inspiring. That's
1: pretty awesome. Oh, yeah.
2: So, Luke, that was a very inspiring uh, comment there. Do you have any final thoughts to our listeners during this ongoing challenge?
1: Well, I was just reading something the other day. (laughs) You mind if I read a? Oh, sure. It's a a short scripture. I'm not going to read a whole chapter or anything. But um, I came across this in James. I was reading through the New Testament book of James the other day. And it's James chapter four, verse one. And it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And I have just been thinking about that word and the fact that yeah, there's lots of anger and confusion and division in our world right now. A lot of people going at each other, um, drawn up dividing lines and, you know, and I think we all, myself included, I think this reminds me that all of us, we need to look in the mirror first.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because our thing, our culture, our thing is the, the first thing we do is we want to point the finger into blame or assign blame. Um, and that's an easy thing to do, but, you know, the more difficult thing to do, and it's probably why we don't do it, but it's more difficult to be honest with ourselves and to ask God to reveal what needs to change in us, you know, what needs to change in our own hearts within within us um, and let that happen first. And, and I think I had just been thinking a lot about that, and I think it's something to remember because I think if people, if we looked within and allowed God to reveal to us, now it's not easy, <laughs> and it can be kind of painful um, to know that we need to change. Um, but if we did, I, I think we'd hear a lot more of these, you know, inspiring stories like with a lady like Frida and, and others were. Um, we wouldn't be at each other's throats as much um, and be blaming each other as much if we just allow the Lord to to help us and to heal us change from within uh, first. And so that's just that's just something that's been on my mind lately and also um, kind of been in my heart here.
0: Yeah, no, that's well said. I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, the the idea of, you know, when you point your finger, there's three pointing right back at you, um, <laughs> you know, It's, uh, it's, it's important that we, that we think about things like that and be more introspective, um, before we, we start flinging around (laughs) negativity. Uh, We we talk a lot about that too, about how, um, negativity breeds negativity, Mm -hmm. but, but so does positivity. Yes. And so the more inspirational, uh, that we can be, and the, the more good that we can look, look, uh, for in the world, uh, we, we will continue to spread that. And, um, and so, uh, Luke, I, I appreciate you coming on, um, and, and sharing your, uh, your, your background and, uh, your path that led you to where you are today. And some of the inspiring stories that you've shared with us, uh, we were wondering if before you sign off, would you kindly say a prayer for our listeners?
1: Sure well thanks guys uh, heavenly father we're uh we're thankful um, for your love and your mercy and your grace and um, lord it's it's a blessing to know you and uh, to know you jesus uh, to have you in my life and I know that for a lot of us lord it's been a very difficult time a difficult year um but just remind us lord that that you're still on the throne and and you care about us. You love us and you are faithful and you'll continue to be faithful through everything that we're dealing with and going through. But I I pray, Lord, that you would uh, you would help us um, look to you and to really open our our hearts and our lives to you to allow you to come and to transform us, to change our hearts, um, to help us become the kind of people that that Speak words of grace and mercy, and not words of division and and hatred. But Lord, we know that we need you to do this in us, um, and that it's through this that our our culture and and things going on in this world that they can be changed. If you first change us um, and do this work in us, so help us, Lord, and help us just in our lives to reflect you and your love and your mercy, so that we can live lives that inspire others um, and really help them um, to become who you create us to be in your name. We pray. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Pastor Luke McLean, uh, little Sandy church of the Nazarene in Brewston mills, West Virginia services at 10 45 on Sundays. Uh, I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Luke.
1: Well, thanks guys. Good to talk with you. and, Hope to talk to you again soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you back anytime, you, anytime you'd anytime you like. That brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting inspireWV.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. And of course, you can always leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to info at inspirewve.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time with more inspiration. But until then, stay inspired and be inspiring.